right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Another Bourbon Show. Uh, tonight we are, first of all, we're joined by the always impressive, always love having him on, Adam Stump from Stumpies, joining us tonight. How are you doing, Adam? I'm lovely, Dan. Lucky you guys. I'm here to uh, to keep you in line. <laughs> you know, the last time, well, first of all, I really do love whenever you join us, but this is guaranteed to be better than the last time you and I interacted with each other. Last time. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it is. <laughs> So, Stephen and Ryan, you guys don't know this, but a couple weeks ago, you knew you knew that I did an overnight at the shelter and did um, a fundraising event for the Metro East Humane Society. Well, Katie from Stumpy's joined me, and she mixed some fantastic drinks. One was a gin and tonic, a blueberry gin and tonic, and you guys know how much I love blueberries. So that was fantastic. But then she also made a whiskey sour, uh, a special whiskey sour for us. But then she also made a kitty drink, a drink for cats that consisted of chicken broth, fish oil, blueberries, and I think that was it. And I said that for a $100 donation, I would do a shot of that drink. And you know who the first person to throw up a hundred bucks real quick was? <laughs> My good buddy Adam. So thanks for the donation, Adam. Of course, of course. But let me tell you, I was sick to my stomach for like <laughs> an hour. Oh my god, that thing was disgusting. Should have put the gravy in it, man. Oh god. Yeah, for another hundred dollars, I was gonna put some like Frisky's gravy in it. Ah, oh, it was terrible. Terrible. But Adam, so thanks for joining us tonight. And you're joining us, interestingly, for uh, for a pour that is not your own. We, we've we not done this with you before, and we're glad you're here. But we are going to be drinking an Oaken Eden barrel pick that, Stephen, I'd like for you to describe to us, because you're the one that provided this, and I've just got this little bottle. You've got the full one. So tell us all about it. Yeah, and so the reason why Adam's on this podcast, by the way, is because the last time Adam was on, I had recently gotten this bottle from a friend of mine, and I, I was saying that how insane I felt this bottle was, and how it has Amburana wood in it, and I asked Adam if he had ever had that before, and he didn't think so, or he said no at the time. So I was like, you ought to join us for this, because I think it's, it's super interesting, but it's an Oak and Eden who... Now, kind of infamously, we had Oak and Eden's basic, uh, whatever they call their basic line before, and I accidentally just did that episode. So uh, that episode is lost to time. <laughs> but basically, we thought it was okay. Um, I would have never. We thought it was very gimmicky. Yeah, we we thought Oak and Eden was very gimmicky with the spire. We thought that I mean, it got a respectable score, six five probably something in those range. It but was it was fine, basically, yeah. Um, so nothing to write home about. Uh, I would have never purchased this myself, but a friend of mine bought me this as like a birthday gift or something late last year. And um, yeah, so it's a from the wine and cheese place. It's a pick. Uh, Spire Select is what they call that line. It's a four grain Inspire, but the the key part here is that it uses an Amburana wood uh, spiral in there to finish in the bottle. The bottle finished. Uh, gimmick or whatever you want to call it from Oak and Eden. The, there's a few pieces of information that I have on the front of the bottle, and that's about all I have. Um, it says that the base is four grain. The wood is Amburana. 
for the infusion, it says no infusion. For the fire, it says is medium. And then the proof is 114. So that's all I got about this. But I didn't even realize that this was different than the one we drank at first. And I like cracked it open just to be nice when my friend was there. I poured it and immediately I was like, this nose is insane. And then I tasted it and I was like, this tastes insane. And next thing I knew, I was about this far down the bottle minus, you know, whatever I sent you guys. Um, and I was like, I ha- we have to do an episode on this. So that's, that's how we got to where we are now. So Adam, you've never done, done or been involved with anything Ambirana would finished or anything like that? Uh, never, <clears throat> never Ambirana. I mean, we've done finishing obviously, but not with yeah. that specific species. Um, we've done a lot of the like spirals, the oak infusion spirals and that type of stuff, but again, never Ambirana, but I mean, based on everything that we've done, obviously wood plays a massive, massive role in, in flavor development and all that stuff. And, uh, actually attended a a talk by Andrew Wiebrink and, uh, we kind of got into, you know, different species and, you know, like specifically like how, how do those change the chemical makeup of, of what you're actually tasting? And, uh, it's, it's absolutely mind boggling. Very cool. Yeah. Well, do we want to jump in and give this a try? I'll give it a quick label review. Oh, okay. Okay. Because we have the other one that's lost to time, but, uh, I think it's pretty good. I think this one gets a, gets a seven from me actually. And it's, it's mainly because I consider because it's clear and it's very evident in there. I consider the spiral to be a little bit of the label because it's obviously such a major part of the presentation. Um, and I think that's what sells to the bottle a lot. Whether you think it's a gimmick or not, I think it stands out on the shelf and looks cool to people. And you're going to give it a shot maybe just because of that. Um, it's good gift whiskey because it is kind of unique. Um, and a lot of people probably haven't seen something like this before. The thing I don't really like though that I wanted to point out it's how hard it is to tell if if it's a pick and then they put it on the side in like this little kind of, it's just a piece of paper that's on there. Basically it's not a great way to, to advertise who did the pick or anything, but it is nice that it has kind of like the, um, the wood finishing series for maker's mark uh, information on it, which I know you guys can't read very well, but it kind of breaks it all down. All the, all the stats you need to know. So that's yeah. kind of nice. I give it a seven. Okay. I wouldn't even notice that was a, a store pick. I didn't at first. That's why I said yeah. I poured the, the the glass and until I smelled it and tasted it, I was like, this is, I've yeah. had this, you know. Well, I can tell you that that nose is ridiculous. Yeah, it's like, that. it's like a can, it's like literally like candy. Or like, like a oh. candle. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. Like a Yankee it's candle. Like a, like a Yankee, Yankee candle aisle at fucking target or whatever specifically like the apple yankee candle whatever that's called like macintosh apple or whatever it's kind of what it smells like like a cinnamon apple yeah i get like the like uh almost like mold cider like all the, the yeah. spice the fruit and all that yeah i get candy corn on it too very candy corny i can see that just, a little bit. just apple cider yeah i mean super sweet super sweet I'm I'm dying to have a sip. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers, y'all. Cheers. Oh my god. 
I have never tasted anything like that. <laughs> Ever. That was my reaction. <laughs> that, that's when I started looking at the bottle. I was like, that is not what we had. <laughs> it basically it tastes bad. like what it smells like. Guys, exactly. Yeah. It tastes really young to me, though. Like, it to me, it tastes like... like so it's got, like, that green apple flavor to it that is... I find in a lot of younger whiskeys, but then also just the way the alcohol hits me feels like it's a younger whiskey. Like younger whiskeys tend to like sting my tongue more than they do other parts of my mouth and throat. And this, like the tip of my tongue gets really stung by alcohol right off the bat. And then it's like, there's a gap in the middle of my tongue. And then I get a little bit of sting from the alcohol on the back of my tongue in my throat, but all like, it all gives me a very like young whiskey, not and this is not a bad thing, right? This is just a, what my brain goes, goes to is it just gives me the sense of being very young, but like packed with flavors throughout that I'm not expecting from a young whiskey. And Ryan, you're, your video is completely out of focus and has been for a hot minute. <laughs> Don't you love it? Dan, you're drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're good, Ryan. Flaming Ryan the whole time. <laughs> Dan, I think everything you just said is what I would have said about it. Um, I think it's packed with flavor for, I agree that it probably tastes young. I'm also shocked compared, to, again, I'm comparing this to my memory of the original Oak and Eden that we had. But this, I was shocked at how long of a hug it has. Um, yeah. And I want to throw something out there real quick, too. Something about this gives me an absinthe sense. That, that like, the in anise yeah. flavor to it yeah. is there. It is. Like I reckon mostly on the finish, like the very, very back end finish, I get an anise uh, absinthe flavor to it. Like that black licorice kind of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can see that. Yeah, that's I think. I what, love absinthe. It, right up there. I got absinthe. In fact, I think that's the, some Allen's fascination street right there. I think the cinnamon on the nose becomes more like licorice on the palate. Yeah. Yeah. At least on the back of the palate. Yeah. yeah. You get the punch of the spice up front, and you're right. I feel like that's kind of where it turns to. We've had a couple of whiskeys recently that the nose has been great, and then we tried it, and it was just pretty good. But we, we or they didn't. Taste. So they like, just didn't match. Or it just didn't match. All. I mean, I've I've never smelled a whiskey that tastes the exact. Same. I mean, you pick up all those flavors. It's it's crazy. It's such a complex nose, and then it comes back, and it has the exact same palate. Yeah. I wonder how much of that is driven, like from the whiskey versus the wood, too, because the wood is, you know, so concentrated, and that can cause so many crazy things. Whether it's like 
astringency and like the kind of cloying, like mouth drying. So like, is some of that tongue tingle coming from that wood spiral in there or is that the whiskey? It's, it's tough to tell, but I mean, regardless, it's like a roller coaster as you, as you drink the thing for sure. So I know that there's no shortcuts to aging, uh, to the aging process. And those spires aren't really made to speed up the aging process, but they are, I mean, if nothing, they're a flavoring, right? It's the same as adding some oak extract to a a liquid to a bottle, and it does essentially the same thing. Those spires, I've heard they last about six months before, like, all of the flavors pulled out of them. Do you know if that's, is that about accurate, Adam, as far as, like, from your experience? Uh, I, I really couldn't tell you a time, um, that would stand a reason, I suppose that, I mean, you know, as things move in and out of the, the porous pieces of the wood, you know, you're, you're going to go through this extraction process. And I mean, if you equate it to like a vanilla bean and it's extraction process, I would say that's probably in the ballpark of, yeah, you're certainly to the point of diminishing returns. If, if you're not to the point of where you're not getting anything else measurable for sure. Okay. The interesting thing about the bottle though is, I mean, if you think about it, say you got that bottle on day one after it came off the line, right? And that that spiral's been in there and you pour half of it out and you send it out to all your buds because it's amazing. Well, that half that you have left is going to change like exponentially. So it's it's really interesting to see like, Stephen, I'd be curious to see like, uh, you know, is, is this any different now than whenever you first cracked that bottle open even? I th- I was going to say, I think that I have no way, obviously, to like measure this, like, you know, quantitatively, but I feel like it's more intense now than it was when I first opened it. Although right away, it had many of the same characteristics, not drastically so, but I do feel like it has gotten a little more potent over time. It's cool. And I do have another uh, unopened bottle here. I happened to find at Schnucks a couple weeks ago. Um, while we were planning to do this episode, I found another pick that Schnucks did, and it looks all the same. Basically, it's Amdurana wood. The only difference is that the fire on this one is light, mm. um, but everything else on the front is the same, including the proof, 114. So I'll give this one a shot after I finish this glass uh, and a separate glass and uh, just see what I think of it as well in comparison. Dan, and also oh. on their website, all their whiskeys are aged for a minimum of three years. Okay. Oh. And this one, oh. this one's not age stated, right? Not on the bottle itself, no. Does it does it say straight bourbon? No. Also, what's the no. alcohol content? I don't know if we mentioned that. One well, fifty seven. He said it was one fourteen. One fourteen. Actually, what? Through, yeah, yeah. Sorry, grilling you here on the front label. Like, how is how is it actually labeled? I know it says four grain inspire, but let me mess with my focus. I'll let you see it. One second. Tough to. Hold on, I'll dial it in. Bourbon. Okay, so it does say bourbon whiskey finished with. Interesting. Okay, so it is all bourbon. Cool. So that makes it sound like it, like the the only Amirana involvement is that spire. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. that's another thing I was going to bring up is. Does this bottle prove, at least for Amburana wood or some really strong wood, that there is something to 
putting a spire inside this bottle? Oh, I think absolutely for for sure. I, I still think it's gimmicky in a situation like Oak and Eden. I think it's still gimmicky. I'm not saying it doesn't work, but a gimmick can still work, right? But yeah, like like I mentioned a second ago, there's not a whole lot of difference between dropping a spire in a bottle and taking some oak extract or some scientifically created safe according to the TTB and putting it in the difference is there there's none right like it's essentially the same process yeah different means same end yeah yeah there you go yep yeah. for sure and yeah that that's a piece that i wasn't really i i had always heard it but i guess i never looked into it uh and actually read through the cfr today and in any class of spirits you can add up to two and a half percent of anything that the TTB considers quote unquote harmless. So like to straight bourbon whiskey, you can even add straight malt whiskey or straight rye malt whiskey or oak extract or whatever. And as long as that sum is less than two and a half percent, it still falls under straight bourbon whiskey and with no, no, no additional claims on the label, which absolutely is kind of mind boggling. <laughs> <laughs> and that exact topic, I would not know, Adam, if it was not for my involvement with moonshiners. I, I'm, I I love moonshiners. I didn't realize this until about two years ago that I love, I fucking love moonshiners. They're cool. Some of the coolest people on earth. And they will sit there and scream all day long. Our stuff is better than mass distillers because ours is pure. And people who are newer to bourbon are like, what are you talking about? It can't have anything added if it's bourbon. And they're like, yes, it can. And like they try to explain to people and people are like so stuck on, nope, you can't do anything that they don't dive into the TTB regulations to understand and to read what the actual legalities are. So, yeah, we had we had looked at it all on the, the vodka side of things very, very early on when we started distilling, just because you know, we'd always heard that there's whether glycerin or sugar or citric acid, you know, there's a lot of different additives that people can put in vodka. And that's where I first kind of came across it. But then I don't know, my brain was was stuck in the vodka side of things. But uh, yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised how many big brands have, you know, glycerin added to them based on scientific tests. Here's gas chromatograph. Here are the, the specific chemical compounds that make up this sample. Um, there's, there's definitely stuff in there, but we went down that road on the vodka side of things. I, I feel like that, that is probably not as commonplace in bourbon. Um, I, I, I know quite a few people that work in larger distilleries and in very big capacities and that type of thing. And there are some crazy things that happen, but I feel like a lot of the brands that are out there that aren't gimmicky or that aren't trying to hit some specific price point, all kinds of crazy stuff. A lot of them are, you know, barrel, water, chill filter, not chill filter, whatever stuck in the bottle and out the door it goes. But there's crazy stuff going on right now with uh, the tax credits and, and all this stuff. Um, perfect example, pop off, right? Um, that's the least expensive vodka that you all remember getting the worst thing over your life from. Uh, <laughs> if you look at Popov on the shelf now, Popov is no longer vodka. Popov is a vodka specialty. 
So what people are doing is they're adding in, you know, up to two and a half percent or more than two and a half percent of flavoring and now getting this approved as a, a distilled spirit specialty. So vodka with natural flavors. Um, there were air quotes around that. So uh, <laughs> uh, but the flavoring material is a TTB approved flavor. And it tastes like absolutely nothing. And its alcohol content is 96% alcohol by volume. So now you're putting a flavoring in up to whatever percent that doesn't taste like anything. You're boosting your ABV of your spirit. So in turn, you put less spirit in the bottle, which means you pay less taxes because you don't pay federal excise tax on flavor. You pay federal excise tax on spirit that you put in the bottle. So there, there are all kinds of crazy games going on. But again, I, I think that price point is a big driver of that. When you're trying to get pop off to be $5 a bottle or whatever the heck it is, that's the game <laughs> that you're going to get into, I think. But, um, you know, I don't think that's necessarily the case with like Elijah Craig or something like that. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. That's the whole Alcohol. fireball whiskey thing, right? The fireball, not whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a, I mean, same thing. It's alcohol derived from malt, but that alcohol is, you know, it, however they buy it, it's over. I mean, it could basically be vodka. It's almost completely neutral. Hey, it's Ryan, can I take, I, can I take, I will say pop. You? Yeah. Okay. Let yeah. me handle this one for you. Oh, oh, uh, <laughs> what I was going <laughs> to was gonna say was in the last, I think, two years, maybe three, uh, Sazerac did buy pop off. So just a little FYI. There. Did they really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense for Sazerac. Sazerac is freaking genius. They own the rail in every single state and they own multiple brands and they shove the brands into all the wholesalers. So Sazerac owns all the brands and then makes the wholesalers compete for all the rail business because all of the on-premise business they know is relationship based. So regardless of whose relationship is, they get they get the they get the money at the end of the day. It's freaking genius. Mark Brown is a genius. So I, uh, over the last few minutes, I cracked the other bottle that the only difference on the label is that the fire, it says is light as opposed to medium in in the bottle that we're having. And, um, for one reason or another, maybe it's to, to Adam's point earlier about this is a more fresh bottle, but the taste is much more muted. Um, it's not as intense, the flavoring. So although that cinnamon or like licorice taste that we were getting, um, that doesn't come up nearly as much. It's still there for sure, but it's almost like you dialed all of it way back from like an, an eight or nine down to like a four, three or four. Um, wow. and I don't know how much difference the actual fire change made as opposed to just, like I said, having less time with that spire. So like te- texture wise though, like what Dan was talking about, like, sensation on the tongue and the front and the back is that all still pretty consistent or has that changed as well yeah it's just not as spicy there's not as much of a hug to it um granted i've also drank more at this point but that first one still tastes the same to me you know so i think i still have a pretty good metric there it just seems like it um i would say it feels like it's about maybe like five points lower in the proof um, yeah, it's just, it's just much more mild. I feel like, and wow. I don't recall the bottle that we're drinking. I don't recall it ever tasting quite like this though, even when I first cracked it for what it's worth, but it's all my memory at this point. So who knows? 
So, I mean, we might be tasting something completely different than you are right now, too. Possible. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Because we've also had these vials for a little while. It took us a little while to be able to do this episode. I don't know how much of an, uh, of an effect that would have. Probably been three months in that yeah. bottle, I imagine. You know what I get from this, too? It reminds me of being a kid. Vanilla Tootsie Rolls. Yes. I could <laughs> I've never had a vanilla Tootsie Roll. Oh, really? Yeah. You missed out, man. I mean, <laughs> really? they still make them. <laughs> I loved them. I feel like you only saw the flavored Tootsie Rolls around Halloween and then, like, never any time. Like, they didn't. There wasn't enough margin there for them to make it at any other point of the year. It's funny. I always remember them in parades. That's it. Just like homecoming parades. Exactly. Throw the only out. thing they threw out. Very yeah. throwable and candy. Augie and I love Tootsie Rolls. Annie hates them. <laughs> so like when we're like when we go to parades, he just like <laughs> grabs a shit ton of Tootsie Rolls and then he and I split them up. <laughs> Because fuck her, right? Like, <laughs> even Augie's like, fuck her. <laughs> we want Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> Have you guys noticed some of the other, like, seasonal items that they've trying to been packaged into, like, other holidays? Like, the other day, Jesse and I were at the store, and we saw they had, like, those, like, Snapdragons or whatever you call them. You know, there's a million names for them, but, like, at 4th of July, you throw those little things, they pop. Oh, like Poppets? Yeah, yeah. So, they're, like, yeah. there's a million names for those things, but... The other day I saw him branded as ex- like exploding uh, rabbit poop or something like that for oh my God. like <laughs> Easter. And it's like, you know, these people were like, we got to find a way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready to rate this? Yeah, of course. Yes. Yeah. Uh, who wants to go first? I'm, I don't want to go first. I'm, I don't either. <laughs> I'll go first if you want. Since I, yeah, okay. My bottle, I guess. Um, I have a couple numbers in mind. I, I, I settled on it. I do too. And I think it could vary quite a bit, obviously. Like it's not necessarily, I mean, we like we talked about earlier, it's nothing that you've probably ever tasted before. So it's probably not something, unless you really fall in love with it, it's probably not something you're going to want every single time. That said, I'm just going to rate it for what I think is like, the, you know, the vertex for like as much as I would ever want it. And I'm going to put it actually as an 8.8. I think this is a really strong contender for me. It has, it's super interesting, super flavorful. Um, it it drinks easily, but it still has a nice long hug. I think it's changed over the course of me having the bottle, which is also interesting. Um, and maybe is just a, uh, a bigger point overall to uh, the Oak and Eden series and the spires and just trying out the different spires that they have. Um, so it, this single handedly put Oak and Eden back on the map for me as something I need to pay attention to, to pay attention to their picks. Um, and it just goes to show you should never just close out, you know, uh, just because you might have had like the basic offering from a distillery, you never know when you're going to have a great pick from them or they come out with a different offering that you should try. Um, I can't, recommend enough trying out any Ambirana stuff that you can, because I think it's a really interesting profile that it gives off. And I'm really curious to compare it with other Ambirana woods at this point. Um, it's, it's something that I'll always look for now, honestly. So I wanted to give it a really strong rating, but at the same time, I'm not going to put it up there in the nines or anything like that, because I don't see myself wanting to have this all the time. Uh, but yeah, really strong contender for me. Super interesting. Nothing quite like it. 8.8. Okay. Does anybody mind if I go next? 
How are you? I'm going to go with a 7-4. Um, I do like it. 7-4 is a good, respectable score. Um, it's interesting. Interesting is the defining characteristic of this whiskey. However, calling it whiskey is a stretch. It does not have the typical characteristics, flavors, etc. of whiskey. I, okay, so the TTB, if I'm going to get geeky real quick, the TTB places an emphasis on what something tastes like and the characteristics of the whiskey above what it is, what it's made of. To me, this does not very easily fit into the characteristics of American bourbon whiskey. It doesn't have your typical caramels. It doesn't have your typical flavor spectrums that you expect when you drink whiskey or bourbon. And that's not a knock on this in any way, shape, or form. It's just to say that to any listeners out there, any viewers out there, if you find a bottle of this, don't open it up and have a pour and expect it to taste like what you expect bourbon to taste like. Again, not knocking it, but it's very different than those typical flavor profiles. However, I do really like it. I like absinthe a lot, and I see a lot of characteristics of absinthe in this. Um, It's just not really, it's not a bourbon drinker's whiskey. So I go with the 7.4, but I do really like it. And I do think that if you have a chance, have a pour of it. And if it's priced the way most Oak and Eden things are, which is like mid 50 to mid 60s, go ahead and buy a bottle of it and see what you think of it as well. I don't think it'll be wasted. You just might not. You just might not be like, oh, that's a really good bourbon because it does not taste like a typical bourbon. So 7.4. But it's really good. Yeah, Dan, I'll piggyback off what you said, too. It kind of comes out at me as more of a like a cordial um, at times. And I think this would be great right around Halloween in the fall. It's kind of mm-hmm. got those characteristics that a nice fall night, you drink it, tastes really, really good. Um, but they don't have that classic, you know, bourbon feel and the mouth feel and everything like that. I think the nose is phenomenal. And I was so glad it actually tasted like the nose. Um, very complex. I mean, I could smell it from, you know, a foot and a half away, the whiskey. I mean, it's 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 something that I've never tasted before. And um, it's really interesting. And if I had a chance to buy a bottle, I haven't seen one of it up here, but I, I definitely would. I'm going to go 7.8. I like it just a little bit more than you, Dan. But I can't really see myself drinking this all the time. Um after after you know three or four ounces, I think that's uh, enough for me. My my stomach starts to swirl a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Adam, a five point is Jim Beam White Label. Yep. Um, I think I would probably be in the. I'm going to give it like an eight point two. Um, I, I think it is. I think the whiskey itself is, you know, 
a really, really nice base. And um, I tend to favor things that are interesting uh, for sure. Like you guys said, though, this is not one that you, you go back to for a second and a third pour in a row, that kind of thing. This is kind of like the nightcap or dessert whiskey or, or yeah, a seasonality thing where you drink it in the fall and colder weather and that kind of stuff. Um, but it is really unique. And this is my first time ever tasting Ambirana um, wood. So anything finished in Ambirana or this, the spire or whatever. So um I, I tend to value that uniqueness factor, I think, a little bit more. So I'm going to give him a couple extra points for that. And yeah, that's uh, that's the method behind the madness. <laughs> and so I the love this. Like a, oh. a hot uh, apple cider drink would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I just the, wanted to mention, I think it bears repeating that if you get another Oak and Eden, if you're targeting trying to try this out, it may vary when you first crack it as opposed to when you have it a couple months later like we are here. And it may vary from bottle to bottle with any of the things I mentioned. So I listed earlier exactly what it says on the front. If you deviate at all from that, um, you make it a totally different experience. As we know, there's so many things that goes into the, the flavor of whiskey. So just bear that in mind with all of our... There's a lot of variance in our scores tonight. and There's going to be a lot of variance in these bottles. So... And barrel picks usually have a habit of flying off the shelves pretty quick. Stores usually aren't stuck with them unless they buy a shitload of barrel picks. So this won't necessarily get stuck on a shelf. But as a store owner, I would probably think like, well, I haven't sold the whole case of this. And that spire has been in the bottle. Is it really going to start to reflect the whiskey in a poor way? So yeah, if I'm a store owner, I'm trying to get this off the shelf as soon as I can, just so you're not stuck with it for a year or two, because you don't know yeah. what it's going to taste like later. So, oh, 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 oh